Our gospel this morning comes from the eighth chapter of John. Jesus said to the, to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. This week, uh, as you probably know, we'll be celebrating our 246th Independence Day in the United States, July 4th, a day of celebrating our nation's history, uh, the heroes that made it all happen, and to carefully remember the ideals that they fought to preserve. It's an important day, one day uh, that we set aside each year to give focus to the things that make us proud to be citizens of this great country. Now, a question is worth asking, is the 4th of July a religious holiday? Well, no. Of course not, and I'm sure there are plenty of those who might argue that it has no place in worship, but we want to take this opportunity to say thanks to God for this beautiful land and the opportunity that we have been given to share with all of the world the principles of freedom and liberty and justice for all, an opportunity God has given us to and continues to challenge us with, to be people of mercy, to be people of peace, to be people who are free for a purpose. I went to a Kitty College Preschool uh, in Gastonia, North Carolina, way back in the late 1960s, a tumultuous time in our nation's history, although, of course, I knew absolutely nothing about it as a three- and four-year-old. On the news would have been reports about Vietnam, about civil rights, assassinations of, of Martin Luther King and of Robert Kennedy. And, and as a three-year-old at Kitty College, of course, none of that would have made sense to me, especially since we were spending all of our time learning to memorize the the Pledge of Allegiance and, and the story of George Washington chopping down or not chopping down an, an apple tree. Uh, and to this day, I remember Mrs. Robinson teaching us the words to, oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain. I did not understand why mountains were purple, and I'm pretty sure I had no clue what a fruited plain was, but I was learning that this country is an amazing place, a beautiful place, and that I am thankful to live here. And so, today we offer prayers of thanksgiving and ask that God might guide this great country with wisdom, with courage, and with faithful determination. A key question that I would like to ask also today is this one, what is the purpose of freedom? Now, St. Paul did not fight in the Revolutionary War, of course, but he was a revolutionary, and he certainly was a pioneer. He lived 1,700 years before this country was founded, but it's Paul who provides the best explanation for what freedom is all about. For example, Paul formed a, a church in Corinth 
very tough place to form a church. It was a baldry place. It was filled with all kinds of chaos. It was wild and crazy kind of place. So many people from all over everywhere, here, there, and everywhere, went to Corinth, did, Corinth, did trade in Corinth, entertained themselves in Corinth. It was the perfect place for the church. Well, Paul did just that and helped to form leaders in that place and then stepped aside, left to form other churches. But the leaders of the church in Corinth were beginning to worry that, I don't know, they were losing momentum, that, that they were sort of losing their voice. And so they asked Paul, they wrote him a letter and asked, what should we do? Paul said this. And I'm quoting from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in the message translation. Paul gave them this advice. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started and to not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Finish what you started, which is a good reminder to Americans today, right? Why? Because 12 score and six years ago, our forefathers and mothers brought forth on this continent a new nation that was conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all are created equal. Since that time, women and men, as you know, have sought, have debated, have organized, have written, have fought, have shed blood, have shed tears. They have literally given their all, risked their lives, lost their homes so that freedom, this freedom, might ring so that all people might have the opportunity to live out their, as it turns out, God-given purpose to be the best they can possibly be, each, at least ideally each, dedicated to the proposition that all men and women are created equal. Has that been easy? No way. Have we been perfect at it? Absolutely not. This journey has been an evolving one, at best, with starts and stops along the way. One of the starts was in a little hall in Philadelphia where honorable men debated whether they should take this fateful step of, of declaring their independence from a, a king in a far-off land. As these men wrestled with the consequences of such an act, the walls resounded with worry of, of treason and, of course, the cost of treason, the gallows and, and of a headman's axe. Well, as the day wore on and the issue, interestingly enough, literally hung in the balance. The story is that, according to this particular legend, an elderly man, a, a man who was, uh, was, was a little older in age, he stood up and, and calling upon all the energy he could possibly muster, looked into the faces of anxiety and fear, and he said this, men, sign that parchment. They may turn every tree into a gallow, every home into a grave, and yet the words of that parchment can never die. For the mechanic in his workshop, they will be words of hope. To the slave in the mind's freedom, and he added, if my hands were freezing in death, I would sign that parchment with my last ounce of strength. Sign it. Even if the next moment the noose is around your neck, sign it. For that parchment will be the textbook of freedom. It will be the, the Bible of the rights of man forever. And then the story goes, it is said that he fell back exhausted, but at that moment, 56 delegates from every colony but one, swept up by his eloquence, signed the Declaration of Independence, men who declared and pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Who were they? 
Well, 24 were lawyers and jurists, 11 were merchants and tradesmen, 9 were farmers, 2 were ministers. Nine would lose their lives in the Revolutionary War. Five would be imprisoned in that same war. Twelve would have their houses burned to the ground because they signed that declaration. Two others would become president. And one elderly gentleman who signed the declaration that day would see his son and his great-grandson become presidents themselves. Each valued freedom despite the cost. You know... These are our forebears. These are our forefathers. And here's what I believe Paul would say to to us. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what they started and to not let those good intentions grow stale. In other words, continue the fight for liberty and justice for all, not for a few but for all. Make sure that this country stands as a light to the nations, proclaiming that all are created equal. And may we know deep in our soul that freedom was given to us for a purpose. And there's more. Our reading this morning from from Alex um, is from a first century letter to the Christian churches in Galatia, that's present-day Turkey. Now, throughout this letter, he's defining many things, but one of which is this idea of freedom. It's a beautiful letter and an important one for us to sort of wrestle with, but, but it's in the fifth chapter that it, that it takes a significant turn that it's easy to overlook if you're not careful. Paul writes in this fifth chapter something that was entirely countercultural, entirely different than anything that had been understood about freedom up to that point in a culture that assumed that freedom meant license for self-indulgence. After all, only those who were free, the elite were the only ones who were free. So, since they were free, they were permitted to do whatever they would want to do, to live life in whatever way they would choose. But Paul writes this in verse 13, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. In other words, We are free, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of our neighbor, for the the sake of building up a community of peace and of justice and of goodwill. That's the purpose of freedom, which tells me that we should be asking ourselves each and every July 4th, this week, every single year, this question, throughout our history, did men and women fight and die, suffer and struggle just so that you and I individually might eat, drink, and be merry without regard for the common good? Absolutely not, because the cost of freedom demands a purpose, and that purpose is tied up in the common good. Each 4th of July, as many of you know, um, I return to the writings of a Frenchman, Alex de Tocqueville. If I don't, my son Carter will get on top of me. He demands that this be read each and every year. (laughs) It's a question that he asks, what is it that makes America so great? After visiting the United States in 1831, he wrote these words, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields, and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. 
I looked for it in her Democratic Congress and her matchless Constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the, church, into the churches of America and I heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Do we have work to do? Absolutely. You know that we do. The events of these last few weeks in Minneapolis and protests around the country, even in our own front yard, it just proves what we surely we've known all along. We have work to do. The sin of racism continues to plague us as a country. We struggle mightily with the issues of of injustice and systemic inequities. The gap between rich and poor has never been this extreme. Test scores among our poorest kids continue to fall. Bickering in Washington and the politics of destruction have led us down a dark and very frustrating path, causing so many to yearn for the good old days. But what we need is not a return to our past, but a confident step into our future, clinging to the values that have guided us along the way, or at least should have been. Values proffered not just by people like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, who did so so amazingly and importantly for us but also by patriot protesters like Frederick Douglass, who demanded the freedom of slaves, like Susan B. Anthony, who demanded the women's right to vote, Sitting Bull, the chief of the Sioux tribes, who who fought to protect his land from settlers, and Martin Luther King Jr., of course, who, who had a dream that all, all someday would be free. The march to freedom goes on. It is not over. Oliver Wendell Holmes was a, was a poet and a Supreme Court justice, and he wrote this, greatness is not where we stood or where we currently stand, but in what direction we are moving. We must sail sometimes with the wind and sometimes against it, but sail we must and not drift nor lie at anchor. Sail we must. March, we must. Why? So that all, someday, all might be free, not just in the great by and by, but even on this side of heaven. Amen.